Welcome back to the Big Mike Podcast. This is episode four with me, Michael Ndoy. So today, I am very pleased to have someone with me today. I've known him for quite a few years now. Justin Sinclair is a senior at North Gwinnett High School and is a very close friend of mine. He was born in Atlanta and lived in DeKalb until second grade, going to private school so he could skip a grade. Then he finally moved to Gwinnett County in the third grade and went to Riverside Elementary. Justin was pursuing engineering and coding. He participated in rocketry, Duke TIP, and in Charge North, the STEM program at North Gwinnett High School. Justin believed that in doing these things, it influenced his growing interest in cars and racing, especially Formula One. Related to his interest in coding, he had two of the Raspberry Pi programs and made his own code in Java for personal entertainment. However, Justin shifted over to medical because he wanted to go into a more biochemical job. He has an interest in biology and specifically wants to be a dermatologist because of albinism. Justin also has a history of learning many foreign languages. He spoke Spanish at a school level from first to third and took a Mandarin class in second grade. He also took Latin throughout middle school and the first half of high school and still regularly uses some words in place of English at home. Right now, he is attempting to learn Japanese. Justin was also in band for middle school and joined back in for marching and concert band this year. He has been very active in extracurriculars this year, participating in debate and student council, and is an editor for the fine arts of the yearbook. He has been a Relay for Life executive for two consecutive school years and is an advocate for the American Cancer Society and other cancer relief-related programs. Outside of school, he has a passion for screenwriting and has numerous scripts that he's worked on. Consequently, he has one big project that has over 200 characters in it, stemming from his interest in comics. And lastly, he is a mild advocate for climate change. Justin, very pleased to have you on today. Uh, thank you for having me out here. Uh, All right. So be before I start asking some questions, I just want to say that was the longest bio that I've had so far. So you've done quite a few things, haven't you? Oh, I thought it was short. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you know the reason, why did you end up moving to Gwinnett County? Um, so like, I was in private school for like, what, pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade, and I was going to go to private school for a second, but then my mom transferred me into public, but then she wanted to move to, she just wanted to move to a better, um, area, uh, school district, yeah, mm -hmm. because like, where we were since I was in the private school, the school district didn't really matter that much, but, um, mm -hmm. I spent one year, uh, there at Ashford Park for second grade. And then we just moved over here. And then also she was getting married, so we also moved because of that too. Oh, okay. So she wanted to move you to public school and she decided, okay, it's better in Gwinnett, so let's just move to Gwinnett. All right. Yeah. So what was the first thing that like led you to pursue STEM-related subjects like coding and engineering? Well, first thing, well, my mom, she worked, she, well, she worked, and still sometimes works in IT. Mm. So like, she kind of put that into my head. And then like, I always like, was like surrounded by technology. Cause like everybody in my family, like always like had like the latest new stuff. So like, I was always like, with, like messing with computers and like phones and stuff like that. So 
I just kind of got like interested in that, like with coding and then engineering. She was like a um, pro project. In pro, she was some kind of engineer. I don't know what the actual title was. <laughs> She's not that anymore. But she like was like, oh, you want to be an engineer when I was younger? And I was like, yeah. So I just kind of like went into that. Oh, okay. So, you know, what, so why Formula One? you know, like compared to NASCAR or rally racing or IndyCar and all that stuff, like why Formula One? Okay. I'm going to say I have a NASCAR jacket like sitting beside me. I love it. But <laughs> NASCAR is boring because it's like they just go in a circle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're just like going there. They're just like the cars are like, they just look like cars. Like, you know, with Formula One, they have like the open wheels and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they had like all the turns and like going everywhere, like drifting. And then I feel like that was more interesting personally. Cause like NASCAR is just, you see the circle. Um, yeah. IndyCar. I mean, IndyCar is cool. I mean, it's like similar to formula one. So I, I could watch IndyCar. I just haven't tried to. Mm. Um, like, what about rallying though? Rally. I, that's very cool. That is, I'm not <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, interested in formula one like i focus on formula one and that's it i have like oh, okay outside of formula one i know about formula two and formula three <laughs> and karting i know about the stages to get to formula one if it's outside okay. of that I'm yeah barely... rally racing is like off-roading pretty much really okay yeah well, i might watch that because that seems interesting but like i just haven't heard of it good enough to like know what it was i guess okay um <laughs> So why did you move from engineering and coding to biology, you know, besides so, uh, like, like is wanting to be a doctor, like the only thing, or did you kind of realize that engineering just wasn't it for you? Um, I, I don't really ever think I thought like engineering wasn't it for me. It was just like, I like chemistry more because you know, like in seventh grade, we took that, what was it life science or something class? Yeah. And I took it upon myself to memorize the periodic table for no reason, but I just liked that. And then it had like biology components. So then I just like kind of sh- shifted into that more. Mm-hmm. I think I did the Duke tip that like summer and I, I liked it, but like, I just like the, um, I like the like science aspect more. Science has always been my favorite subject too. So then it was like, math or science i lean more towards the science part mm-hmm. and i just like that oh biochemistry like i have a clip of me from eighth grade saying i want to be a biochemist <laughs> like so like that was like this it just shifted into that so you were never like a physics person physics is the bane of me i hate physics with a passion <laughs> i like I, like engineering is cool until physics is involved like mm. it's like i theoretical engineering where there's no physics or math it's just like make it and it seems like it's there will it work and you see what work part is where i don't want to be involved (laughs) so you just like to have the whole model and then you just say hey try this and that's it yeah somebody else can do that i'll sell the idea to you you can see if it works me all right (laughs) so why did you want to study dermatology specifically? Well, dermatology, okay. So at first I didn't really know what kind of doctor I wanted to be. 
and I was just like kind of like seeing and then like it was like kind of as I was like going into that my brother was born the one that was born I had a brother in 2019 and he was born with albinism and then it was like he had to go to the dermatologist so that kind of like made me think of it as an option and then like I thought about it as like he's like gotten like older as in like the first like four months of his birth I was like I think I'd want to do this so then I kind of started to um go into that and that was also the same time that I was taking like a chemistry class so it was just like that and genetics I was always the genetic like I like those oh okay so so I don't know did you join uh student medics uh yes I'm in it but marching band um it took a lot of my time so I haven't been able to go to as many uh, okay tell me about marching band. marching band uh, um yeah, I was in band in like middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Then I dropped out because the band director, I hated him for middle school and I didn't want to repeat because he hated <laughs> me. He told me to fix how I was playing when I wasn't playing. And like he would act like I was talking the most, but the people next to me were talking more. He didn't like me and I didn't like him. So I dropped out of band. Then I had nothing to do this year. So I just joined back. So I was in marching band. I played tuba and trombone. Um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting because the people there um are the stereotypes it, true. There are some kids. people, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I am a kid in band, but <laughs> there definitely are some band kids. Um there's one person, if he didn't have to wear his uniform, he would wear this Naruto outfit. Oh and, and he just, he would wear it every day. Yeah, one person dressed up as Waluigi riding on a ladybug car. Yeah, it was okay. definitely it was interesting. Very um, interesting. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't, it's like, it's weird because, like, you go in there, there's like, it feels like you're in an episode of like the Real Housewives because, like, there's so much drama. It's like off putting. <laughs> it's like, where did this come from? It's supposed to be bad kids. And there's people, <laughs> people won't talk to people. You guys are two sides and stuff. It's like, okay. Oh, really? Just like, yeah, games now? basically might as well be it's like you walk in there and then like they're like oh who are you a part of the blah or blah pretty much yeah and then there's also beef between the sections like percussion and wind players but then brass players and woodwind players it's like okay why it's too much (laughs) i get the brass and woodwind players woodwind players it's like they can't play in the raid it's kind of embarrassing you know (laughs) okay so you're part you're part of the drama then okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm just saying i could play in the rain all right That's all right <laughs> so why'd you rejoin band um i just have like friends that are in it like Corey and jalen and riley i was in charge of them and then like they were in band i was just like i should join band and so i just joined because i already knew like I already still do everybody from there. I still talk to them, but like, I just wasn't in band. So I just was like, I mean, I'm, I'll try it. And then I brought my instrument to them and I thought I had to audition, but I'm glad I didn't. Cause if I did, it would have been horrible. Cause I messed up the first scale that you learn. I hit like all the notes in the wrong spots, but, oh no. but it wasn't an audition. So I was able to go and I didn't even play that instrument. Uh, I went to sousaphone, but um, I'm still still questioning that because 
they did they moved Jalen from trump, trumpet to sousaphone and me to sousaphone. They said the mouthpiece fit my lips better. Okay, that that's be. hey, <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, it's a little. I, I'm still still a little off put by that, but um, I went to it because I already had Corey and Jalen who were on there, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. All right. So, aside from the drama, what is it like to be in band? Because I I have no um, idea what it's like. So it's it's like cool. Um, marching band. I like for marching band. I'd say it's cool because you get to go to like all the football games. Usually you don't get to do that, especially like with um our last game that we had, um against Colquitt County. It was like a five hour bus ride. So like oh man, most most people weren't able to go to that, but like we were still able to go to that. And the bus rides were cool. We always had like a speaker on there. Um. Our last one was like at two o'clock in the morning. So it was us like blasting all I want for Christmas while dancing in the middle of the aisles in the back of the bus, which okay. was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then we passed some cotton fields, which was interesting. It was, it was, it was a time. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. Yeah. <laughs> and then regular band, regular band's cool if you have the right people. I, I got a freshman class because it was my first year. And uh-huh. yearbook took up the class that I was supposed to be in. So I was supposed to be in a different period, but yearbook is only one period. So I had to go to the freshman class. It was... But I might be transferring out next semester. So, All right. So what's yearbook club or just yearbook class, whatever it is? Like, what is yearbook? it about? Well, we make the yearbook. Um, we just like kind of like we have each person um, assigned to a different spend. We usually have two people per spread. Oh, spreads like a page or like to the two pages on a thing. Um, usually I have two people assigned to each one. Um, I personally do the band ones, the art ones, and whichever other one there is. Um, and this year I got to be an editor. So like I oversee all the fine arts. So like when there's like a concert or there's a recital or something, I like make sure that I have the um, dates for those and I'll assign a certain person to it. And then I'll make sure they go out to take pictures or they will come up with the captions and stuff. I like check in on them and everything. Um, Right now we have three, which are being currently worked on the band one, um, color guard slash winter guard and ROTC. But ROTC is actually supposed to be done tomorrow. Okay. So it's like people going around and taking pictures of different organizations, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then we also have like the sports, but I don't deal with mm-hmm. them. So they go to all things and stuff. Okay. And you're responsible for the fine arts, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. So like, like all the theater, all the music programs and mm-hmm. art. And yes, I believe that's all that I'm over. Okay, so why why is the American Cancer Society important to you? So my grandfather um, was a twenty sixteen, yeah, twenty sixteen. It was like actually what a week ago ish in twenty sixteen, December fourth. He had passed away due to um, lymph node cancer, and so like. That, like, kind of, like, I don't know, that hurt me. So, like, I was just, like, 
ever since then, I've kind of just been like very like cancer focused, not focused, but like I like to like be able to like help those with cancer. And my mm-hmm. um step grandmother, she was diagnosed with it like two years ago. Now she overcame it, but um it's like I still like to um do help to help how I can. Cause like honestly, even when I was like in elementary school, I was like always like the number one like donator for my class. It was like it's always been something that I've like kind of been somewhat passionate about. But um and I joined Relay for Life and then it was just like American Cancer Society, that's who like um runs Relay for Life. And ever since then I just kinda um just wanted to help help how I can, help raise, uh just donate and just like try and get rid of it as to what I can do. I know I'm only like what, 17, but like what I can do, yeah. I'd like to help out. Mm-hmm. So, the yeah. What do you do as an executive for Relay for Life? So as an executive, uh, we come up with events and we try to uh, organize with other clubs and try to raise money. So like, I don't know if you know, but um, just this past Monday, there was the Sadie Hawkins skate night event. Um, I personally wasn't able to go because I was at Georgia Tech, but um, there it was able. It was um, we partnered with student council and we made the event so that we uh, we could raise money. And if you paid, you could get um, to go to skate. And there was like this little thing where I was like, "Oh, the girls buy a crush can and give it to the guy, and then they ask, would you like to go to um, Sadie Hawkins with me?'" And we raised, I believe the amount was three. No, it was like, I think it was like high 2000 position, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Cause like, it would be, it'll take some quick math. But it was, it was a good amount. Um, personally, the biggest event that I came up with would have been the battle of the bands from last year. Um, oh, that was you. We raised. Yeah, I came, well, they deviated from it a little bit because I didn't personally handle it because I didn't know people who had bands, so I couldn't really focus it. I just came up with it, but we raised $3,600 from that. Wow. Yeah, so that was that was a good event that I was very proud of that we were able to do. Um, it was like, we just like raise events. We try to get like as much uh, that we can to help out. Um I know I'm trying to organize another event this year, which should hopefully be pretty um pretty big. But I'm not gonna reveal it now because you won't reveal it. I don't, okay. I don't know if it'll happen because we do have a lot that we're trying to do. So mine might get pushed for next year. Okay. Um oh wait, okay. Hold up. Well, is like being a relay executive kind of a staple to your advocacy? Like, do you kind of, I guess, use that to, um, I'm not sure how to put this into words, but you, you, you just, you became an executive to, yeah, just help out as much as you could. Yeah. Cause, um, I feel like with Relay for Life, we do have a club aspect to it, but we don't, emphasize it as much we mainly like emphasize like the donations and the events that we can get um rather than like our actual club and 
so when I wasn't um, an executive member, like ninth and 10th grade, I wasn't really able to like see like the behind the scenes or like actually like really promote anything because, you know, I wasn't really uh, knowledgeable on what's going on with Relay because I didn't join the, I didn't join it as a club because I mean, it just, I just wasn't aware that it was really a club that I could join. And I didn't even know it was a club until last year. And, but my teacher from 10th grade, she was the head of it. And that's how I was able to find out about the executive board. And that's when I was able to join uh, as a member. Okay, cool. Tell me about like screenwriting. Like when, when did you start that? Well, so I, I guess I wanted to be an actor for a while. Um, so like, but not want to, I don't currently want to, but I wanted to be one like when I was younger. So like, I went to like audition and stuff when I was like in second grade and like third grade. And then um, after I realized I didn't really want to be an actor anymore, kind of like sixth grade. And then I, I kind of got interested in comics in like fourth, not even fourth grade, honestly before then, but like I always have. And that was like, just like a combination of like how those two went together. It was just like, ended up with me wanting to make scripts. So that way it was like, all like the comic stuff's going to live action. So it's like the scripts for that. And that kind of pushed me into that. And um, I started off making like little comics that I liked. And then it just progressed to scripts. Cause like I, I saw more of my stuff. I saw it like as a more live action, like moving visual rather than seeing you as like a comic so I just moved away from that and ever since like sixth grade I just kind of well I focused on like one the one that I told you before that had like the big the bigger project um, that was my first one actually it's still like it's still like my one that I focus on the most but um I like branch out into like other stuff too like my favorite one that I say that I well, I'm not finished with it, but that I'm working on. It's like a murder mystery kind of one. I'd say that's my favorite one. I kind of got that idea from Knives Out because I watched it and I was like, oh, I like this. So that I had to make something similar to that. Um, I feel like it was just, it just kind of came upon me um, to that girl, especially during COVID. It just grew then because like, I don't think I had much else to do. So it was just like, it was interesting to me. And I just liked the idea of it. Okay. So how did you manage to get 200 characters? Okay. So it started, well, okay. So I made the first characters sixth grade year. I stuck with those characters the longest. They still grow. Um, it was just them until eighth grade and then ninth grade. And then like COVID hit, I had nothing else to do. So the character base just kind of grew. Cause like, so these first characters, they're like alien sort of, they, they don't live on earth. We'll say that. And I got hit with like a very big mythology um, I was very interested in that, so I just kind of 
started making characters kind of similar to them. And then it was like, I made one group, I made the next group. And it took me like a month for those. And then just like a rapid fire, I just started making characters. I actually have like three sheets of paper just like listing all the characters and their abilities and like what they can do and like how they like kind of are in this big universe type. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of them. I can't remember all their names, but I try to like focus on each of them, give them each like some kind of focus. There are definitely some that I've neglected since last year. Um, they, they don't they don't get any screen time, but you know, it's all just like it was all there and like intermingle and stuff. I find it fun to like make like the storyline like crossover and stuff. Cause like, wow. They're here, even though they live on another place. Yeah. It's, so you're kind of creating your like, own, like, comic book base, like Marvel or DC. Yeah. But, like, all my characters would beat theirs because they're better. But oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Scarlet, Witch, Scarlet Witch could never. She, she, she couldn't. Sorry. So are you planning to maybe either send these scripts to any company so you could capitalize off of it or are you, or is this kind of a hobby or are you going to start your own thing? Like, I feel like I have two options that I might do. Um, Cause I like for them to still be associated with me. Cause especially like the main, a lot of the main characters I've made me, not me specifically, but like I made it to where I could see myself in them. Mm-hmm. like I've given them like my chase so like I definitely would like because like I feel like personally attached to them because like when I first make them they're just characters it's yeah. like the more I work with like certain characters it's like I feel like I like feel like attached to like that character it's like oh this is my character so it's like if I just sell it away it's like oh okay yeah like so I would you... like to sorry oh Zach oh uh I feel like if I'm ever financially stable enough i'd like to see if i could like branch out into like maybe like working with like a studio or something to like get them like on the big screen or Mm -hmm. small screen one would work best for them but i wouldn't like to just give away all the rights yeah personally so you so right for right now it's just you working with your characters in the future if you have the money you, you can just start like your own thing. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think now based on your bio, I think the huge elephant in the room is climate change. So climate change is obviously a big dispute right now. The majority of politics and media are saying that it's gone like too far and we need to take immediate action by, you know, cutting carbon dioxide emissions by 2030 and all that stuff. But in my opinion, I think there's a way in solving the climate crisis and like where it does not destroy the economy. I'm not sure what that way is not yet, but I'm sure I think we should just kind of hold it off, but I want to hear your thoughts on both my argument and I want to hear your argument on what we should do about climate change. So I agree with you. I don't think it's too late. 
I do think there are some irreversible effects already, but I don't think it's too late to like save the entire planet. Um, I do feel, I was actually reading an article earlier today. Um, it was saying, what was it? Like the 30 largest shipping containers in the world, like the ships, they, they like produce more carbon emissions than all the cars that just exist that like have been um, giving off emissions. So it's like, I feel like as we, if we're able to transfer into like, a, um, what's it called? They fly. Aircraft, air, air shipping method. I feel like if we were able to come up with a sustainable fuel for those, it would be better because A, they're faster already. Mm. And then mm. B, they would, if it was able to be sustainable, but even if it's like the same fuel, those ships are out on sea for like weeks. So like they're emitting that in long amount of time. And um, <clears throat> planes, they're like what? Max is like a day. Now they won't, now they would have to make more trips. So that would be one thing to think about. How would they be able to make, um, make planes like carry larger loads? I feel like that could be a focus that we would need to mm-hmm. look at. And then also like um just like finding a way to like phase out ships as like our main main like shipping source because they're just True. not sustainable to their environment at all. Especially if they sink too, all that oil is lost and it kills wildlife that's in the oceans. Like they're just not sustainable. But then also another way I was thinking about I remember I was watching this, it was this video. And it was talking about like implications of um, what they called solar panels, and basically, solar panels—they're black, so they absorb heat, so that mm-hmm. they can get um, energy from the sun. You know that. And when an area is very hot, solar panels can actually help decrease the temperature because they're more. They are they're absorbing more of the heat. And I was thinking, there's this uh. Sahara Desert, and one way that we could solve both an energy um, problem and a problem of like global warming and stuff, if there was, if we were able to cover a section of the um, Sahara Desert and we we're able to like move our um, energy efficiently without losing too much of it, we would be able to cover it with solar panels, get energy from that, and be able to bring down the temperature there so that we were able to get rainfall and get new growth, and that would help to um, combat like just like the overall um temperature of just the earth i mean because i mean think about how big the sahara desert is i think from the math i saw one person do it would be like roughly like as if you were able to get like an eighth ish of it covered it would like completely completely make the sahara like livable for life so like even if we're just able to get say like a small section of it that would be able to help like a lot like one sixteenth is a half 32 fourth it's like a lot a, a lot can come from just a little bit of it and i think it would be helpful if we were able to like try and do that and to solve the energy crisis and in like the um the areas like um africa with a with the sustainable energy source because then we'd be able to phase out carbon emitting things such as um, fossil fuels Okay. Um, I think one rebuttal that I would have for that, if we were to, I guess, cover a section of the Sahara is 
how exactly would we install that into sand? And second, that's a ton of money. Like, because solar panels are extremely expensive. Yeah, that was the main problem uh, as I was seeing when I went to that. I think it's like trillions of dollars to even try and like remotely do it, I would say. So I guess with the um, economic, that would be something that I, um, I don't know. It will like, it's more of a theoretical rather than actual probably like implicate in, in, what we'll to say possible uh way of actually doing it but it is like something that you could that could be thought about just like maybe for like neighboring areas rather than um like say like the entire or like a good significant portion of it because like i mean the countries nearby like if they were able to like um give what they call grants or stuff they would be able to like, get an energy so a reliable energy source um from said area um and then installing into sand I mean, they could probably find some way to, like, make it to where maybe, like, because, like, I know they have, like, don't they have wind turbines in the sand some places? So, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, it's, like, I feel like they could, like, find some way to, like, get um altered versions of them. Maybe to, like, make it to where they, like, reach far down enough to where they actually reach, like, real soil or something. I'm not quite sure how they would be able to do that. Or maybe they like start um, installing them in areas that are actually like capable of holding them before and then like progressively like moving closer into the Sahara. So that way it's like, say like a fertile area and then it just like moves into um, hmm. the, the, which would also be, I think that could be a possibility if they want to install it. If they truly wanted to like try and install it, that'd be an idea that could cross their minds. To okay. get it in there. Do you think we should go all EV? EV? Uh, electric vehicle. Oh, like, okay. Should we just drive electric cars and kind of abandon gas guzzling cars? Um, you see, it's like I don't think you can abandon carbon emitting cars like all at once. Right. I feel like it would definitely have to be phased out over a course of probably like a, a decade or two, maybe even more. Because I don't think like, especially with how the prices are, a lot of people mm-hmm. they can't even afford like like uh like uh, even a car that's like half the price of an electric car. So like if they can't afford that, then they definitely can't afford like an electric car. Yep. So I think we have to um find a way to make it to where the batteries and like um are like less expensive to make so that way the electric um cars are just not overwhelmingly pricey to where people just can't buy them because and then also electric cars aren't aesthetically pleasing. That I know that's a problem with some people, so <laughs> that's also why they won't buy like that's my parents I, I agree with, with you. Like they're like, I don't like how the grill looks. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like those are our two big problems. One's a little more prominent, but I feel like we can get those and then we can start to, once we get like those like mainstream, um, 
carbon emitting cars can try and start getting phased out that we can at least try and help um reduce them especially in like urban areas okay so i guess you and i can yeah. kind of agree on the fact that i guess economy and environmentalism are kind of in conflict with one another in some yeah. cases yeah um do you do you know or do you at least have an opinion on which fossil fuel or which i guess carbon dioxide admit like emitter is the worst one that we have right now if i'm not mistaken it was um i think it was um i feel like i believe it was coal that was the worst because i'm pretty sure it has the least energy output ratio to like its actual content i'm pretty sure like when they use coal i think they like lose like a lot of energy toward from it mm -hmm. but like they still proceed to use it because it's just i guess it's just a good one that's there and mm -hmm. it's like you're losing a lot but you're not getting a lot of return so it's like that one's just bad because you're just polluting and then not getting much to show for it right it's like yeah i, I, I just looked it up I, I did look i did look it up and it does say coal yeah yeah it says it's the dirtiest one that's how they describe it so yeah like yeah so have you taken like any particular action like in your i guess environmentalism uh um thing or are you just kind of spreading word uh i've more spread word I, I haven't really been able to do too much i mean like I recycle when I can, but like that's like all I can really do. Like <laughs> as of right now, I mean, I don't like once I get older, I do plan on trying to get like an electric vehicle or like a something that's like um capable of running without like a fossil fuel. Um, and I would like to get solar panels installed on my um future house. Um, I'd like to like be as environmentally friendly as possible but as of right now i don't really have much that i um that i really do except for like to my parents i tell them like oh this can't be recycled this can i'd like that's like all i can really do right now but i try to like in inform them so that way like they like try to change and they have changed a little bit um there are things they do so it's like yeah i feel like that's just what i'm doing right now at least all right, can't okay. do right now. So, do you like save water and stuff like that? Do you do you, do you use like paper straws and all that stuff? Like, do you at least do like those stuff? Okay, I sound like a hypocrite here, but I am for my convenience a little bit because paper straws are horrible. What's yeah, the, they, they are. Need to come up I, with I a agree. Because <laughs> they just they just like break apart. It's just like barely getting any of like the juice. I'd yeah. rather drink from like the cup by itself without them. So I don't really use straws unless they're from a restaurant. But I will use a plastic straw if um if necessary because <laughs> I I I need to be able to drink by drink because it's just like I I can't I can't take the plastic straws. And then with water, I say I'm not that bad on water um i do sometimes take longer showers but then it's like 
I feel like I take like shorter showers when I like after I take longer showers to kind of mm. compensate for that. Um, and then with laundry, I try to like, get as many loads in. I mean, not loads, as many clothes in one load as possible. Yeah, so that way I'm not using. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm pretty good with water. I always turn the water off after I brush my teeth. Well, while I'm brushing, then after. Mm -hmm. But like. Okay. Okay, cool. So I think there's a commonality with you and science, right? So you're, you like the environment, like you want, you're, you're an environmentalist, you believe the environment is important. You did coding in yeah. science when you were like, like early in your years, and now you're looking to biology. So which of these three do you kind of look at and say, okay, that's what I want to spend like most of my time doing? I'm gonna have to go with biology. Biology just interests me the most. Like, especially like genetics and like, I just like find that to be like such like a grasping topic. Topic like whenever somebody talks talking about like genetics, like I find myself drawn into like phenotype genotypes that like it's like oh, I find like do you mind do you mind explaining this for me real quick? A phenotype and a genotype. Yeah. Or oh, okay. So a phenotype. That's like the actual gene like you carry. So like say I have the genotype, or not genotype, phenotype for black hair and blonde hair. Cause say somebody long ago had blonde hair in my family. Uh and then say it went to my brother. Now he has the phenotype for blonde hair and blonde hair. And he has the genotype for blonde hair, because genotype is what he's actually portraying. For me, I have the phenotype because I just have the gene for it. But I have the genotype for black hair because that's what I have. Oh, okay. So the phenotype is what's kind of in your DNA and the genotype is like what shows on the outside. Basically, kind of. yeah. Okay, so like if somebody earlier in my family had blue eyes and then the rest had brown and I have brown, my genotype is brown and my phenotype is both brown and blue or is it just brown because the majority is brown? <laughs> Um, okay, so it it could be either or. So basically, like you know, uh, blue eye, you know, blue eyes is a recessive trait, and then brown eyes is the dominant trait. So okay. the easiest way is like the little squares. But basically, the farther away you get from it, the less likely that you will have blue eyes. Um, but say like your grandfather had blue eyes, and then your grandmother had brown eyes, and your grandmother had the phenotype brown brown grandfather had the phenotype blue blue so then your mom she has the phenotype brown blue now your dad has brown eyes and he only has, he has phenotype brown brown and your mom has phenotype brown blue you have a 50 50 chance of either getting brown brown or brown blue okay oh, so okay. if you so if you, if you have a child with the someone with blue eyes and you have the brown blue, there's a 50% chance that they'll have blue eyes and a 50% chance they'll have the same phenotype as you, brown blue. Oh, okay. So it's like a probability kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's not that even, of course, in like real life, but like. Oh, roughly. so it's theoretical? Well, no, it's like, it's like, that's how it works, but it's like, it's not exactly going to be 25. So you can't have four children. And then 
one of them have blue eyes. You might have five and one of them have blue eyes. Mm. And it'll be the fifth one that has blue eyes. It's not going to like exactly be like those exact numbers. It's going to be like a little skewed because it's just like genetics are kind of random also. So it's like, but there's a, you can say with each child, there's a 25% chance that they'll have the, um, okay. the blue eyes. Is it, is it estimated like the percentages or like how, how do they come up with that table thing with the four? Do you know? Well, it's based off the, um, you know, type, but then it's, it's numbers are also skewed because it's like, it is estimated because there's also other things that could change said eye color. Like, you know, pe some people they have, they might be blind and then the blindness, you know, for some reason, some people that are blind, they can't process color. So then their eyes are just white or gray or however they look. Mm. Then there's then there's albinism. So uh, they might have like eyes with no color. They're like, and then um, there's like other, there are, I'm sorry. There are also other mutations that might cause them to not have it. And then a significant one, uh, people with green eyes to brown eyes, those childs, their children will have hazel eyes or they'll have hazel eyes with, um, with heterochromia. And then there's like heterochromia, just pure heterochromia. And that's when people have two different colored eyes. So it's never exactly going to be like those specific percentages for really anything. Cause even skin color, like there's like vitiligo. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like numbers are kind of like, you can't get an exact number cause you can never know what mutations and then what, um, other aspects might be feeding into said, such a thing. Right. Cause like the, uh, I guess the DNA quote unquote, like quote unquote replication or I guess copying is kind of randomly generated in some cases. So yeah. maybe you can't exactly like predict exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Do you know so who like, came up with the square? I think the square is named after him, but I have zero clue. I think it's like, I'm going to sound stupid if I get this wrong, but I feel like it's like a pin it something maybe. Pin it? The pin it square? That sounds wrong. It's like, I think it starts with the P. I'm not okay. quite sure. Let's just call it the P square for now. Like, yeah. Okay. But that square is like, is it, I feel like it's like the easiest way to like explain it without having to like dive as deep into it. So like if you're just like explaining to say like, say like you're like a, explain to a parent, you try to say, oh, here's why your child has blonde hair, but both of y'all have brown hair you could say like oh your father had blonde hair her her mother or her grandmother had blonde hair and it just carried down from the old generations and then y'all both had um your child had blonde hair pun it it's the pun it square pun it square okay so yeah. you said that using the pun it square is kind of an easier way to explain it without getting too deep into it do you like yeah do you have an idea of what the deeper part is? Because if so, I would actually really like to know the deeper part of it. I won't say, I don't know if I'm like knowledgeable enough to like really dive as deep into it. I mean, I can say, I don't know. Cause I'm just going to say like with the, without the punished square, it's like you think about all the, all the DNA you have in your body. It's like, it gets replicated into your reproductive whatever you have. 
and then it basically merges with another one and then the other um and then it just however they intermingle and then it's like each one might have different genetic code so you know that's like you have twins fraternal twins because like two different two different sperm they'd have two different genetic codes so then they'd have something different uh so that's why they have like different they might have different features that's why i've seen i've seen this online um there was one was uh there's a twin with albinism and then there was a twin who was black but they were like twins and it's just because like it's it's kind of random so it's like you can't ever tell which one to actually get and um it's just like It's just hard to say also because it's like it's like the, it's just like very high in probability i'm not knowledgeable enough in genetics to say how it works but soon specifically. yeah soon you will be right yeah that's what i like to like um look into as i get older but it's just all i can say for now like without like to my knowledge it's like more just probability and how your genetics like work together with the with the partners and that um and then how mutations could develop that could possibly change um the genetics that you have okay so i think there's a very high correlation between your early kind of pursuit of engineering and your uh your passion towards environmentalism so let's say, for example, when you get older, you want to become uh, an environmental engineer. I'm not sure if that's actually a thing or not. It sounds legit. So let's say you want to do that. And then <laughs> and then you end up being part of a company, like let's say, like some kind of energy company. And then you would kind of design and develop new ways and probably you would be the one to come up with how to actually put solar panels onto the Sahara for cheap, or at least do it in an efficient way that wouldn't take too much labor, too much money, and would actually sustain, I guess, the African continent or maybe the whole world even. So I was just thinking that maybe you could have two options as, I guess, a career path of what you would want to do. And I want to ask you between being a dermatologist or biologist, whichever one, or being an environmental engineer, which one appeals to you more? Um, I think that's hard to say, but I'd, I'd probably have to go with, I'd probably go with dermatology because it's just like, it affects me more personally. Like, because I can still like be like, um, I feel like I can still like try and help with the environment more outside while well, i'm not like directly working for it but mm. with dermatology it's like it affects me like directly with my brother and everything and then me personally because my children could have albinism as well so i just feel like that that one i would have to go towards more um i do have as my second option though for my major on um for, for colleges, I do put my second major that I'd like to do as, like, an environmental studies. Okay. So, like, that is, like, it's not off the table right? for something I'd like to do. But 
it's just it's not my first choice we'll say that okay so you're kind of keeping your options open here pretty much like let's say yeah. you get into med school and you're like okay wait hold on i'm not really into this and then you can kind of just circle yeah. back okay and yeah i i understand how you would want to do dermatology because it's i guess more personal to you but i have a question because I, I don't really know anything about albinism but if someone in your family has albinism does that make it more likely that i guess your kids or their kids would get it too or is it just something that happens like just a mutation that doesn't really occur often no it's um it's definitely more likely that uh, my children will have it, especially his children. Because that basically means my mom and my stepdad, both their phenotypes are, I guess, black person in albinism. I don't know. <laughs> they had, okay, so my brother's different because he has two different kinds of albinism. So, like, they both carry oh. different kinds of albinism. They have type two and then an unknown one. Oh, okay. My mom has the unknown one, so that might mean that I could carry the phenotype for black person to the unknown one. So, I don't know. I have to get a DNA test to see what that is to specifically to see if I have it. But um, there is a chance that my children can have it if I do have it, and especially his children because they have a 50% chance of getting it if he marries with somebody that doesn't have mm -hmm. albinism but has the phenotype for it. Okay. And if you marry somebody with albinism, they're going to have albinism, basically. Mm. Okay. So I just looked this up, and it says there are seven types of albinism. And there's... Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> there's like yeah, OCA, the one, type... two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, they basically like go like in some extreme... And that's, I think it's severity, if I'm not mistaken. I know one is, like, they're, like, legally blind half the time. Like, oh. they have, like, white pink eyes. Like, they're, like, like when, you, when people think albinism, they usually think type 1. Because, like, those are the people that, like, melanin is non-existent in them. Mm. But my brother has type 2. So, like, he just looks white with black people hair. Okay. Um. But yeah, he does. He still is like sensitive to the um, sun and everything, but mm -hmm. it's not like on the same level. Like he can go outside for like a few minutes without like getting sunburned and stuff. But like if you like type one, it's like usually they go out and it's like already like they're starting to burn and stuff because it's like they just uh -huh. have no melanin. To and then like they're usually legally blind because like there's no melanin in their eyes, so they can't receive light. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just like type one is like very. It's very um it's very it's very severe. And then I think the rest of them it just goes down to severity. It's like and then it can also be like I think it's like spot spot tech, like so like somebody has like albinism somewhere but not somewhere else. I think that's how it happens sometimes with like as the lower it gets, it's not like all around. Okay. So I just wanna kinda circle back to um your book. So why did so how did you become um, the what is it? Supervisor, editor? No, yeah, editor. Yeah, for fine arts specifically. Like, did you sign up for fine arts, or did you just get that through your um editor application, or however you did it? Okay. Um. Well, the teacher liked me to begin with because I was a newspaper from 
in ninth grade. And so, and it's the same teacher who runs the newspaper and yearbook. But she already knew me. So when I came into yearbook last year, I I was going to do sports, but we needed more finance people. So I switched to fine arts and I just kind of, there weren't as many juniors last year. So this year there were not as many seniors. And then as far as fine arts go, I knew the best about it. So I just kind of got the editor position when I asked her for it. And it's kind of really an application because I mean, as far as fine arts go for last year, I, as far as juniors for fine arts go last year, I did the best. Okay. Well, once again, we're running out of time, so we're going to end this one and then start with one more. All right. All right. You know, when I was reading your bio, I just saw a lot of foreign languages. So why did you take the time to learn so many foreign languages? Um, I don't know. I think I think I know it's Spanish. That was required for high school. I didn't really care for it, but I just learned it. And I saw a video of myself like a week ago. I was just like speaking in a sound. Well, as a person who cannot speak Spanish now, it sounded pretty good to me. And it seemed like it seemed like my um, teacher who was in the background. He seemed like he was understanding what I was saying. But then mm-hmm. this is also like pretty great, so he could have just been nice, being nice. I don't know, but I do remember second grade. I like Mandarin, and I actually wanted to take it. But since we had moved, there was no Mandarin class up here, so I couldn't learn anymore. But I actually do know somebody who knows, who somewhat knows Mandarin now. He can speak it, but he can't read it. But I'm gonna, I'm trying to ask him to teach me. But uh, and then Latin, Latin. I just it was a class, and uh, I thought it would be good because a lot of languages come from Latin, so it helped me to understand languages a little better. So like. Actually, when I sit in, in a Spanish class, sometimes I actually do like understand some of the words because it's like I know the Latin word for it. It's like the derivatives are similar. Mm. And then ja- Japanese, um, Japanese, I watched anime and then like, I was like, oh, that'd be cool to learn. I mainly thought it would be cool to learn also because like how it looks. Because I mean, like the words look cooler. Mm-hmm. the english in my opinion it's like all the slashes and stuff then i found out they have three different alphabets and um that slowed up my progress a little bit um <laughs> i can say i can read like three words i'm mean, not three words uh three sentences that i know mm-hmm. ish it's like you know like can you off the top of your head oh like i I can't say what they say. I can I can see the like oh. the symbol and tell you what the symbol means. means but, but I can't, can't tell you how to pronounce it. it. No. Oh, okay. It's like if you show me like the thing, and it has like the the sentence that like I know, I can read the sentence, and I can read some of like the the character words, letters, however it works. But I can't just like blatantly read it and like how oh. it's supposed to sound in Japanese. Except for okay, the word. Well, just. like, what's one character that you can't pronounce? But like, can you tell me what like, a character might look like and what it means? Um, I can tell you. <coughs> it's it's the box. Wait, I don't know. I don't know what that one means. Actually, I just know what it looks like. But I can't tell you the one for <laughs> Earth. 
the one for Earth. Now, I am cheating here because I learned about this one not from learning Japanese, but from Power Ranger Samurai. Oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a line, a vertical line, then it has like two two horizontal kind of going, and then it has like a little tick mark somewhere. And that means Earth. Yeah, like ground. <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> All right. And then um, actually, the one yeah. that the Power Ranger Samurai the green one is not life. That doesn't mean life. It means tree. The one for life is basically the same as Earth, just without the tick mark. Just without the tick or mark. Or no. Yeah. Okay. So, how do you, you said that you regularly use some words in place of English. Like what, like, like which words? Like in Latin, at least. It's usually the words that like sound similar to English. So like, if I'm at home, like I call my mom mater. That's mom in Latin. Oh, that's like, that's kind of cool, use, actually. Yeah. It's like I use that regularly. Like she signed my birthday card saying mater on it like the other day. Because like I call her that. Ooh. I honestly call oh, her. Oh yeah, happy birthday, birthday, by the way. For those listening. Think, oh, yeah, it too. was just some birthday like four days ago. Yeah, it was also Big Mike's birthday yesterday. You know? When this old. is being recording, <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, um, yeah, like I use that. Then, like sometimes I use like est, cause like est means is in Latin. And then like I'll say ubi. Ubi means where, and quote means because. I just like I don't even like consciously use it half the time. It's just like because I was saying it so much when I was in Latin because I was trying to remember what they meant. That it's just kind of become ingrained when I'm at home to say them. So it'd be like my hair ubi est my phone. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, half the words are in Latin. And it sounds like, if you just like, if you don't expect me to say that, it'll be like, what in the world? But it's like, she she's already know what they mean now. So she'll be like, I don't know. Go look for it. So yeah. It's like. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be so hilarious. Hungry. If they yeah, that person did do, not know you. <laughs> yeah. Because I do know, like, when I'm on the phone with my mom, I'll be like, monster. And I'm like, oh, they probably don't know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. getting like, put two and two together. But it's like. Who's my hair? Oh, uh, yeah. So, what else? Let's see what else I can ask you. Um, I don't know if you would like to reveal this or not, but, like, what are, like, the... You, you said you kind of started with the whole 200 character, character things with, like, a main few that you started off first thing. Like, what are, like, what are those characters? Oh, yeah, I'm fine with revealing that. Um... The reason I didn't is because Bargov and Isaiah were making fun of me because they said that it was too confusing. That's that's uh, why I didn't really. Be- hey, no, I want you but to basically- explain the whole plot, like from like for those four. I no, n- n- not the whole thing. It took not me like an thing. hour to do that. It took me like an hour to do that, and they were still confused. Okay, how about you do their origin <laughs> only? Okay. Um. Okay, so like, I don't know how to explain this without making it just sound like they're aliens. But basically, it's much more. Mm-hmm. They're like aliens, but they're like deities. You see? So, uh, they're called, like the okay, gods so, from Moon Knight, pretty much. So much of that, yeah. Yeah. But they all look like human. They're not like animals. But, um, well, they're not humans. 
they choose to be human. They have different forms that they can be. <laughs> okay. They're like they're more like the Eternals, actually. They're mm. more like the Eternals, except they were yeah. Okay, they actually like Okay, they're actually very similar to the Eternals. I never actually put that together until I just said that, but now I know what to change. But basically, <laughs> they're like a lineage thing. So basically, in the very beginning, there was the one. There's no name because I don't have a name because I don't want to make a name because that could make it controversial, you know? Look yeah. The end over here. Yeah. Conscious of everybody. <laughs> and then they were like the first like group. Now, I am kind of making them similar to like angels to a degree. Yeah. Because they're like, they're like warriors. They're just like power beings that like serve the one but then basically there's like generations of them this group that we're on currently is the seven because they keep on dying now they're dying mostly because they want to die because they've been alive for like eons you know and so main character is marcus omega you know now okay. with this one this one, all their names come from greek letters greek words oh yeah i also learned greek to a degree Okay. But their names always also all come from Greek letters. So, like, there's Alpha, Beta. First names are relevant because I'm bad with first names. So, we don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But basically, Marcus, they, the big one, there's the big, um, she's from like two generations past. And she's like the mother. So, basically, she goes through and picks out people from different universes, brings them in. It makes them the, the the fundamentals. That's what I call them. And so they each get like a set, a set um thing to rule over. You know, Marcus has the mind. He's the mind. And it's okay. I see you over here. He he he. No, no I'm not laughing. I'm actually very confused now. You said there were people like were they the seven that came from the one? Is Marcus one of the seven? And those seven people are fundamentals. Oh, there's more than seven. Oh, the, there's the like more of the seven. Okay, no, there's not seven. So there's like a group. There's like a big group. What's okay. it? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. And it's like they're one generation of them, and okay. then it's like there's a next generation of a group of twenty-four, and a next generation of a group of twenty-four. So okay. they're the seventh generation of group. They're the seventh generation. Oh, of so you start at the seventh generation. Yeah, with the others. other ones are irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, one of the one of them is actually relevant, but he's like very late. I came up with him like three months ago. But basically, Marcus is the mind, and wait. So there's 24 elements that these things control, and Marcus is the mind. What are the other 23? Yeah, that's a lot. That's that's a good question. Um, I'd have to go back at my paper because I can't remember all of them. Is is it like is like emotion or like, like there is any one like heart or like no just what there's there's energy energy is alpha betas animals and plants like living life okay then alpha beta gamma gamma is I always forget his he's not relevant though and delta but epsilon is the main antagonist epsilon is death and weapons 
but he's not actually death. He's weapons, but he took on the title of being the heartbringer of death. So he took on death, basically. So he's kind of like so, yeah. the Lucifer the of the story. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did he betray he's the great. one in any way or other? Or is he just some guy who likes death? Okay. I'm going to come back to that because I need to get to somewhere before I can explain that. Okay. So basically, oh, wait, hold on. No, I can actually explain that first. That actually probably makes more sense. Okay. We're going to scrap that. They all have different things. There's a lot of them. Man, of them I'm going to love this title. Are. Bro, this title is going to be so good for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, um, Epsilon, he's twins of Upsilon because there's a letter called Upsilon. You know, Upsilon's okay. time. But basically, Ep- Epsilon wanted to kind of make all these, all the other like species mm-hmm. obedient to the fundamentals. And then there was Kappa who did it. And Kappa oh. is, it senses like the senses, like sight, hearings, all that. Yeah. But he took on, he took on life. So like how Epsilon took on death, he took on life. Um, and then so like they basically and then their colors coordinated with it. And that's that's why we associate black with death and white with life, because that's what their their power colors were. Because they all have like specific colors coordinated colors. to them. Yeah. Oh so, like when they so, use them, Okay. That makes a lot of sense because it's like so Epsilon is quote unquote the darkness. And yeah. he represents like the bad stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of in some so, way an explanation to what we use colors for symbolism in a way. That's interesting. Yeah. But um Epsilon and Kappa have a fight. So then it causes okay, so this is gonna this is mildly confusing. But basically <laughs> I gave them separate names as like leaders. So like those who so Epsilon took on the name. Rokishot, Rokishot, and Rokishot in their language that they don't ever use because I don't want to make it, I don't want to have to work on a language. It means the one of higher power. And then so those who follow him are called the the Rokishots, I guess. The ones of higher power. Yeah. And then Kappa took on the name Rodenot. And the ones that follow him are the Rodenots. What does Rodenot mean? So they basically the one for equality. Yeah, I didn't come up with that just now. Oh, um, uh. yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so, wait. So Kappa is life, but he represents equality. Yeah. Well, because he he's, there... <laughs> he's the one that. He's the one that wants. He doesn't. He doesn't want to make all this other species sub, sub, subservient to them. Okay. So it's like equality to a degree. How he doesn't about... really represent life. He represents senses. Okay. But he just Here's an idea. Life. Maybe instead of like good and evil, how about order and chaos? Maybe epsilon is chaos because he's death, and then with life. Maybe Kappa is order, but that's an idea. I don't know if you can rock with that or not, but. You see, I like that. Except for one thing. 
I kind of switched their roles like a little bit into it. Oh, so no. like, I guess like so I guess spoiler for season ten if it ever happens. Ten? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> not, not, ten, <laughs> not ten, bro. But maybe season four if it actually happens. Season four spoiler. Skip ahead, but basically, our main character Omega, he kind of turns on Kappa because Kappa. All right, hold on. Let me just do this real quick. So basically, if there's a war. The fundamentals are split. Most of them die. Mm-hmm. So there's only like seven left. And there's Alpha, Epsilon, Omega, Kappa, Mu, and then two others. They'll come back in a second. But basically, fast forward now. Omega needs more warriors to try and take the war back to uh, to Epsilon. So then he goes and gets the son of one of the dead ones who married the prince of their planet and had a child. And he goes to that, he comes to Earth because they came to Earth for safekeeping so that like the child wouldn't get, you know, murdered. And then he comes, takes the child simply and comes back and the child becomes oh, it was Zeta also. Zeta is Indigo and does space the child's indigo and takes on the mom's powers basically okay but um fast forward now here's what i was about to answer um marcus and kappa they get into a fight marcus i made marcus the most overpowered because he's my favorite because he was my first and uh he's me i made him me because you know sixth grade me i want to be i wanted to be me so he kind of like they kind of fight because he doesn't agree with Kappa ideology about killing um, Epsilon because this is after Epsilon's reform and all the other fundamentals are kind of back to life. So basically leads to like civil war number two. Wait, so Epsilon is not evil anymore, but Kappa still wants to kill Epsilon. Basically, he wants to make him like repent. Ah. So... Wait, so then I guess Kappa could represent order because maybe he's like a totalitarian, right? Like, you know? I mean, yeah, that could actually... He could go to like an extreme. Like he could let his power take hold of him. And instead of being like, let's say a president, he could be a supreme leader in the end. And then Marcus is like, nah, bro, we don't do that. And yeah. I'll think about that, yeah. Yeah, I might do that. But Marcus kind of embarrasses him because I already told you Marcus is the most powerful. <laughs> so then it's like Marcus versus uh Kappa and it's not even fair. It's not oh even not even a competition at this Wait, point. so how does yeah, think, how does Mark <laughs> how does Marcus I use think his Marcus mind? Is, like oh well you see they actually have weapons each associated with them. So they, they okay. usually fight with those and then I have like mastery of those. Marcus is the dagger, Kappa is the mace. And so he like uses his dagger most of the time, but then Marcus like goes into the mind. He just does what he wants in the mind. Like memories, he owns those. Thoughts, okay. he owns those. So like you can see how I can make him the most overpowered because I mean, yeah. what can't he do? Mm-hmm. And then it also made it to where like you know the mind in your body, as far as your body goes, the mind is what evolves the most. So he evolves the most. So he constantly gets more power based on what I need him to do. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will be that writer at sometimes where 
I will use plot armor. And he just Yeah. gets a random power up. And he just sidelines the competition. <laughs> Oh my I have, god. I have said that. He has, he has <laughs> eaten a universe before. He has pulled that, what no, Ultron did we're in not. What If. Oh my god, no way. <laughs> No way, but that bro. was a, that was a one-time No shot thing. you're making It was a a one-time Superman, thing. bro. It was a one-time thing. And it was when he, like, got, he had to fight this big opponent. And I basically, it was like all the fundamentals lent to his powers. And he basically just poof, complete obliterated. We know he's not the most powerful. He's not. There's another one. There's Tao. He's the most powerful because he has the power of multiversal travel. So he he's the most powerful. I just Yo. like started bringing him in. I started bring, I just started bringing him in like actually two weeks ago because he was exiled. He was exiled because. he was a troublemaker he was like messing with other universes but the thing is he's more powerful than marcus because marcus can see the mind right but how just like changes the universe that they're in constantly or he brings states for other universes he like he basically has a somewhat control of reality because he can like change what universes where everything so it's like he's he's really like he has a god complex Yeah. So Marcus can't really beat him because, I mean, like, if you're, like, you read somebody's mind, but you can't understand what's going on there, it's, like, what you going to do? So he just has to, like, resort to actually fighting regularly. But that's why I left Tao out for so long, because he's just kind of overpowered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, so But... there's 24 fundamentals, seven generations of fundamentals. That's a lot of fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So... Oh, well, yeah. Most of them are dead. The Oh, old right, generations right, right, are mostly right, right, right. They're all dead. yeah, except for So, like the three of them. okay. Does the one have any role in any of this, or is the one kind of just an overseer? He's an overseer because I don't want to get canceled because somebody's gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, that's too much to Christianity. It's Like too too much much to." religion. Yeah, like I don't need it. I don't I mean, want it's it to obviously be. inspired in some way. So, Yeah, so it's, and let I, I the know it's artist inspired, do whatever they but want. like. Yeah, like I know, like they do it in like DC or Marvel, but then I like, but then I also know people like, because like I don't want it to like be so direct, because like then it's like some people they're Christian and they won't watch Lucifer because they feel Right. like it's just like directly like the devil, but it's like a different character. So it's like, it's like I don't want it to just be like people just immediately associated with said religious Christianity religion. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's just something that was there and then they're just there. Like Just he part had, of the story. I have, I've had him introduced one time as like an actual being, Mm hmm but it was more of he was just like correcting the world. It basically, you know, you know, Flashpoint, right? No, I don't. Basically, the Flash goes back in time, messes up the timeline, then he comes back, and then in DC Comics, it's a whole reset basically, and that creates rebirth. Right. Yeah, it creates Rebirth. So they go from New 52 comics to Rebirth comics. Now, here, basically, the one just resets everything. So that way, I don't have to... I can fix... I had to fix something, because it was very complicated, and I, I was too far down it to, like, go back. So it had to just kind of be wiped clean. Mm So... hmm. Okay. I basically did that, and that's his was his run rule.
so far. Okay, interesting. So Marcus Omega is the main character. He can he has the power over the well, mind. Yeah, him and Zachary Zypher. I haven't talked about Zypher because he doesn't have much power. But that was the son of Zeta and the prince. And that has the power over space. He's also a main character, but he's not as powerful, so he doesn't get as much time. So what does that mean, power over space? So like, not like outer space, but like the actual distance between space. So like, he can like make like a mile, one inch, and then stretch it back out. It's like, um, I can't think of a good example. But yeah, he's so pretty he powerful can, too. I mean, he can, he can mess with scaling. Like he can make yeah. the Earth larger or smaller, if he wanted to. Basically, dang. Yeah, but oh, but um, but he can like, like atomize what, you pretty much. Well, he can make the space between you and everything else ex- extremely, ex- exponentially bigger. So, like, he just basically makes it to where you can't get to anything because you can individualize the space between something. So, like, mm. you might be walking. And he walks past you, but he's walking a mile per second, and you're just like, and he's just walking at the same speed as you because, but because he, like, made the space for him shorter, mm. it's like he can go farther. You see Dang, what I mean? That's, whoa. I don't know yeah. how you're going to be able to film that, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's like it works because I have characters that have been able that are like that like basically can counter that to a degree, like teleportation and all that stuff. So like, but he definitely is one of my favorite characters. Um, but then the thing with him, he actually has to go on a journey to get his powers, unlike Marcus, which so that's why he's like more of the focus earlier mm-hmm. on because he has to go on that journey to get his powers because you know he's getting the powers from his mom. But he doesn't get his powers till his mom comes back and she's like, I actually wanted to stay dead. So she gives him the powers. And then she just, you know, goes back to like not being alive. Hmm. There's an explanation for that. That's a lot more than what I can handle. (laughs) Yeah. And then mind you, this is only one group. Oh. This is like a solid (laughs) this is a solid. I introduced a solid 26 characters here. Oh, this song okay includes yeah. So, does each season have a different set of characters, sort of like that are mainly focused, and then you can have like uh one of the characters from a different season kind of pop in a bit, or are they all just in one show? So basically, it's like well, the focus is usually Marcus and um Zach the entire time and then the main okay so the main antagonist is, is epsilon right but they have an antagonist which is it's like it's like for the avengers film how loki was the antagonist but the yeah. main antagonist thanos epsilon is thanos and their loki is alpha and it's like until season four the characters stay pretty much the same just introducing one more of the fundamentals who was just kind of like not there, but it was still alive. Um, so Kappa the first season, along with the rest of them, and then it was gonna be Mew next season, and then it was gonna be um, Ada the next season. She's speed, um, and then Mew is construction. He's twins with New, 
who is the next letter in the alphabet. And she's destruction, but she was killed. So, you know, conflict. And then the uh, next season is Upsilon, the twin of Epsilon, who's of time. So, <laughs> that's conflict. Yeah. <laughs> but they shan't, the thing is with them, not, they share their powers with each other. The reason they all have like specific weapons to them is because back when Epsilon and everybody got along, Epsilon gifted the power of weapons to all of them. So they all have a specific weapons, which they're masters in. So like Marcus is a master with the daggers. Mm-hmm. And Lambda gave him the power of the elements somewhat. Not really. That's complicated. The universe he came from, he can control the elements there. So that power just came with it. So, okay. but Lambda kind of allows him to still use the elements. So he's basically okay. like the avatar. Okay. But like not as strong as Lambda. Lambda's the elements. He's just like built different. He can like make like the entire world turn to fire. He's that kind of element. And then he has the power. They speed. all they sound know. overpowered to me. I don't. They, they are. Also... That's why. Like, <laughs> that's why it's like it's it's fun to like make a fight between them because it's like you have to like actually be creative. And it's like how do they ever overcome this power? Like. How do you how do you overcome somebody who moves faster than time itself? How do you overcome the person who controls time itself? That's why they have they share their powers because because like yeah. Marcus and Marcus and Zach, they're like officials of time, so they're basically like second and third in command in time. So that's how they're able to like fight with Upsilon because they have somewhat control over time too. So like where everybody else can just stop time for them since they have their Time's actually confusing, but not confusing. It's intricate. It's very specific with that. Because he's not over time, but he's over the time authority. It's like the TVA. I actually made it up before the TVA, so they took it from me. But, well, not before TVA, before the show came out. So they took it from me. But basically, there's all these people, and they, like, oversee every event in time. And they, like, just kind of all have different events in time that they focus on and all that. And so... When he wants to stop time or anything, Upsilon will go there and like be like, freeze time. He'll tell all the people, and they'll just like, and time's frozen. Marcus, as an official, all people who work for the time place, they all are like not restricted by that. So Marcus comes in too. And I have like actually a really good fight between them that I have. It's like very, it's a lot. It's very cool though, because it's like they're like throwing stuff. Marcus throws his dagger, guy throws his, his saber and stuff. It's, it's cool. But then it's like, you know, they also have other powers. So, like, Marcus will show, like, a giant strike of lightning at him. He'll just, like, stop it with some power that's not really specified, but we're going to say he has for convenience. So, yeah. How does the fight, how was the fight between, like, Kappa and Epsilon? Like, how did that look like? Like, with Epsilon, Epsilon with a, what what weapon is Epsilon? He's a scythe. Yeah, so I definitely made him a uh, Okay, and... Kappa is the mace, right? Yeah. Okay, so like, do the so, certain weapons, like, do they have like abilities of their own, or are they just like regular weapons? So, the weapons, they basically, I didn't really explain this, in, uh, but the fundamentals are made up of an essence. So basically, they use their essence to make said weapon that they're master of, masters of. And so, the, the, they don't necessarily have powers of their own, but, like, they're more powerful than the average weapon just because they're mm-hmm. made up of, like, 
godly essence in a way. Yeah. Um, but a fight between like Thor's hammer, Aslan, like is it kind of like a Thor's hammer kind of thing, or is it more powerful than Thor's hammer? Um, I'd honestly say it's not as strong as Thor's hammer because oh, I feel okay. like without without their powers, it's like just like a more durable of that weapon. But the thing mm-hmm. is, since they have complete control of their essence, that's how they use to like keep their human form. They just basically, if that gets away from them, they just like change it back to that and it comes back to them and they can make it again and again. And mm-hmm. they can make like sudden shield if they want to. They'll just like suddenly, like like the Vibranium Black Panther suit. That's the best way to describe how mm-hmm. it would be like. like cool. They can just make whatever they want real quick out of themselves. Okay. So a fight between Epsilon and Kappa, I say that's actually the hardest one that I have to do because I made their weapons so like non-compatible with each other. <laughs> like who's using a scythe versus a base? Neither of them are really like strong, like quick fighting ones. Like maces are usually for like warriors, and then scythes are scythes aren't even for fighting; they're for farming. So, like, because like it's used to harvest souls. <clears throat> so it's like. It's hard to like make like fights with them because like, but one thing I will say when I make fights with them, they definitely use their powers more. So like, Epsilon he doesn't always use the scythe because you know he has his weapon. So like, one thing I'll make him do he like spread his hand out and then like knives would just like come shooting out of just, and um or he'll use his and then he'll use his scythe to like keep like distance, but then um. What's his name? Kappa. Since he has his heightened senses, he can see out like he like is able to read stuff, you know, heightened sight, heightened hearing, all that, all feeling that he feels it in the air. So like he's like able to dodge it more. He has like heightened, he has like the best agility out of all of them. We'll say it. Because like of his senses and stuff. So like he'll just like kind of like do that and he'll try and get close. And it's often a fight of zoning and uh pressuring. And usually it ends up with them just like just clashing weapons because he's like Mark at Marcus Kappa is just hitting the scythe, trying to like boom, 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 then come in for like a heavy hit. But then it'll be Epsilon, he'll just like fall back and then just like block it or something. It's it's definitely interesting to make the fights between all of them because there's this one character. I had no other weapons for her. So she's a gun. She's just a, a pistol. She just, she's just a pistol. She just. <laughs> So you see Wait, all what, these people like what like element like, or whatever is she like what like thing is she? She's speed. So it's like it makes sense. It makes like, sense. So fast. Yeah, it makes sense. So like okay. it's like well, you see the fights between like a katana and like a dagger with like um Tao and Omega, and then it's like you just see a gun is just shooting. It's like, oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> um I mean for like the scythe. Maybe you can make it like a two-bladed one, like one blade on each end, if you know what I mean. Like maybe he can like, I don't know, like, like use like a staff, it. yeah, spin it or whatever. You know what I mean? That actually be pretty cool. I might think about that. I might put that in there. I'm gonna steal that idea from you. <laughs> Just make sure to put my name in yeah. everything that I say. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I Justin Sinclair original idea. All me. Let me get like twenty five percent of the profit. What? No. Okay. Um. 
So why is Tao a katana? Um, well, the character, he's based to be Japanese. Uh, I have mm. two Japanese characters. And was, I was he like, like in Japan? Like, was he like a deity that landed in Japan or, or whatever and he got Japanese influence? Or did he just like Japan? They don't all, they don't have backstories. <laughs> like most of them don't have backstories. <laughs> okay. Unless, okay. Did I tell you? I I re, he's been there, but like he wasn't actually a character. He's exiled out the universe. So maybe like, he was exiled to Japan. Well, no, like he wasn't on the same universe. Like he was gone. Japan to Japan. Just, like, universe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe. But, like. So like I thought it would be like better to like kind of like give like the characters that kind of like are with like their how do I say this. The characters, ethnicity is kind of their weapons. Because, like, Marcus is the dagger, but he also is the kopesh, and that's an Egyptian weapon. Um, oh, so he has two weapons. They kind of, it's kind of, com it's not complicated. It's just there, but I don't really use it that much. But basically, they have, like, a regular weapon, and they have, like, a special weapon, which they use, like, oh, it's, like, better, but it's really not. It's just the same, just a different version of the weapon they already have. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But then um what's his name? Beta. He's like Scandinavian and he has like a war hammer, similar to like Thor's hammer. So mm -hmm. it's like I kinda wanted to I kinda tried to keep like their like weapons like similar to like where they would come from, what weapons they would probably use if they're like fighting like more ancient times. Mm. Maybe the one is like a collection of all the mythologies and then you could have these fundamentals kind of like a variant of the gods from those mythologies in a way i, I actually had thought about that but then i thought it would be more fun to make them fight the gods so like oh. i have them fight so like okay. it's like i thought about that that's actually that was the idea I kept with for a while actually, but um, I just made them like gods on like some irrelevant planet. I mean, not planet island that like nobody really knows about. So like, they're worshipped as gods, but they're not like on the same level as Zeus. But they have beef with characters like Zeus, like 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 um, what's his name, Zypher, mom Zeta has beef with Zeus. So Zypher has beef with Zeus. So then you see a fight between lightning that can't move because the space between him and Zypher is just non-existent. And then Zypher coming in with his bow and arrow over there, pew, pew, pew. But then there's Apollo, who's also the god of like bows and arrows. And he's like, pew, pew, pew. And then there's Artemis also trying to do a pew, pew, pew. But then he's like, no. So he just like, boom. And it, it's a lot. But basically, <laughs> they, they fight. It's fun to watch them fight. So those fights between different mythologies. <laughs> too yeah okay so they all exist in this big universe of different yeah kind of like how marvel does it yeah kind of like how marvel does it with like the norse and them egyptians existing but then i actually did make a big fight between them that's how omega dies actually in between a fight because oh, wow it's basically like poseidon Ra, like the sun god from egypt and like mm. Zeus and like all they all like send like their thing. But I told you already, Marcus has power of the elements. So he basically like 
snatches all that and just like he absorbs it all and gets like this like and just like sends it out like a giant burst but like it's a lot so it just kind of kills him he comes back of course because i mean like common characters right. staying dead right. is an option but he comes back after a long time Ow. it takes a while for him to come. is it, is it like an like explanation or or is it just like one of those things oh, yeah, where, oh he's back or no it's an, it's an explanation is it one but that I you do don't like want to reveal or yes no because if y'all if somebody's gonna be y'all, watching this in 2035 yeah yeah, yeah. They're gonna be like, oh my gosh i got the spoilers i got the spoilers <laughs> like that's not me that's a different justin sinclair all right but yeah what's the like the name of this universe like do you have a name for all of this like how like oh it's marvel comics know. or dc comics or like do you have like a name not really because like i'm bad with names uh names are like horrible for me i mean because like think of the name i have for like the fundamentals for when i was for their like run if it was to be like a show or something it would be called cypher omega alpha uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't have it yeah, maybe not so like that's why I would need to like make a better name if I actually do it. So like, how about like, names here? Just the about, fundamentals. I don't know. How about the fundamentals of the one? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think about it because it's like I probably would do something like fundamentals, but it's just it's too broad. It's like a lot of it's like a lot of characters. So then I'd also have to like make up like good ones for them because like I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm talking, I had like I think fifteen groups, just just groups. So it's like come up with groups for them like i have the light they're like good because i mean they got their powers from a light source i mean so it's like i have some better ones i think that's probably my worst one because it's just the characters names <laughs> make it alpha. So, uh, but they're very interesting because like i can just like give them a power power boost and like it's like it can be expected so that i can just like have better fights because like oh as I'm imagining it, I'm just like seeing like a sword made of like the galaxy coming in and just boom. And then like what are you gonna say? Oh, that's not reasonable. Have you seen the other characters? So it's reasonable. I'm... <laughs> this I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I admire your creativity. Like this is I can tell you put a lot of thought into this. And yeah, I'm actually I'm not gonna make fun of you for that, because that's actually quite impressive, <laughs> in my opinion. That you were able to come up with all this in such a short period of time, too, actually. Yeah. Like 200 characters, and all it took you was what, six years to do all that? Like some people yeah. take decades, bro, to come up with this kind of stuff. But that's that's crazy. I mean, I guess all you need right now is to fill in any sort of plot hole that you have and like to create like a good name for it. And I think you like you you're just set after that. You don't, you don't like the name? <laughs> what was it? Cypher Omega what? <laughs> Cypher Omega Alpha, man. Zella. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> we can change that. See, now I was going to put the name of your thing in the title, but now I don't know what to do. Because I was going to just... The fun- Sinclair. The, of Justin Sinclair's <laughs> Fundamentals. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like fundamentals. Okay. So, I guess 
going off of like a so do you actually intend on making this a thing um i do plan on it i feel like if i never actually um get the chance to like make it myself i will probably um i will probably sell the rights to it or something well not rights the, the ideas or something because i made it kind of i made it to for it to be shared like i didn't make it just for myself that's why i like talking about it so much like i made for it to like be like for people, for to, people know. to yeah yeah so it's like i'd probably um i'd probably sell it if i never actually get the chance or try to at least give it to maybe like a lower studio and mm -hmm. see what they do with it but um i like to do that but if yeah. I, if i if i get the chance i'd like to keep it to my for my not for myself but like i like to keep it to where i can invest my own input into it because you know sometimes when like people sell their stuff it's like studios just change the whole thing and it's like they don't really get a say because i mean they don't have the rights anymore mm -hmm. and i like to be like, i like to be ingrained with it because i mean like i feel like it's just like something i've worked a lot on so it's like to just like let it all go just sound especially now because i'm still like doing it it feels like off-putting because it's like oh okay it's just gonna be gone mm -hmm. you know yeah so is like I'm guessing the best possible like projection for this is for you to be a dermatologist and then you get like so much money while doing it, you kind of, I guess, retire and then get all that money from you being a doctor and like invest it into this and then actually make even more money by having yeah. a show about it. Is that is that kind of what the outlook is? Yeah, that, that definitely would be the best uh my favorite possible outcome for it mm -hmm. okay cool because then it'll like right. it'll branch out into more shows so then it'll just be like more money and i just like expand it as i want and it's like yeah more money more money you know? exactly just, just it. rich get richer bro and then if it ever fails i mean i can go back to being a doctor because i'll have my certificate so it's still <laughs> like if I ever get to like that point where I'm able to like do it, it's like I don't really have like a negative. I mean, like I have like potentials, like the potential that I can't find a job as a doctor if it go doesn't go through or anything. But it's like if it doesn't go through, I'm not gonna put all my money into it, and I can try and go back to being a doctor. And being a doctor, I'll be able to make a living. Uh, yeah, you know, doctors are able to live pretty well, so it's like I'd be mm -hmm. able to like kind of recoup from it, kind of so. It's like, I feel like that's why I like to wait on doing it rather than trying to like go ahead and put it out there now. Cause like I could get, yeah. if I tried to sell it now and somebody bought it, but then it flopped, but then say like, I already like put all my stock into it cause I don't have any money now. It's like, mm -hmm. that was just like a waste of time and I have to try and find a way to like make back that time. Yeah, and they probably wouldn't buy it for much either, too, if it's this early yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's just like an original idea, and it's like, those don't really sell for as much unless they're like Star Wars type. Mm -hmm. Wait, but he made his own studio, so that doesn't even count. So, yeah. It's like, I'd like for it to be like on that level, though, Star Wars level, mm -hmm. if I if I, if I could get it to that way. Like, it's like something that everybody just knows. There's still films being made about it like 50 years into the future. 
it's mm-hmm. like I like for it to be like I like for just people to like be able to experience it the way that I do because I find a lot of enjoyment in it and I hope that other people could too very nice very nice very awesome well I mean that's all that I have to ask for this episode um do you have any questions for me or do you, would you like to maybe continue with Sinclair's fundamentals like is there anything else that you want to say um not much but i mean if you're listening to this and you ever hear about Sinclair fundamentals if that's <laughs> i mean that, that, that's saying, the name now probably go by it. it'll be pretty good i mean i i, I don't think you'd be uh, um i don't think you'd be disappointed yeah you could buy it for like 600 million or something i don't know yeah i mean just like my cash app actually just (laughs) send the money over hey bro if you want me to link your cash app in the description i can do that (laughs) 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 like i i can i'm not joking imagine i wake up though like 500 billion in there we want your rights to say to the fundamental light well i'll fax you the papers once i find out how to fax something (laughs) well i mean yeah that's that's it for me so Um, what about you i think i'm good um yeah i don't know yeah i think think that's it (laughs) all right that's awesome okay i guess we can we can stop here and i mean if you made it this far thank you for listening um make sure to like tell your friends your family anybody that you know about the podcast keeps me going keeps my listeners going up and i will see you in the next episode bye-bye